I can tell you've been crying and you're needing somebody to talk to Girl, I can tell he's been lying and pretending that he's faithful and he loves you Girl, you don't have to be hiding, don't you be ashamed to say he hurt you I'm your girl, you're my girl, we your girls, don't you know that we Thank you for tuning in to Three Queens and Things, a space where queens connect. Our podcast will be bringing you the latest and greatest on topics of self-love and womanhood. Today, we will be diving into mental and emotional health. My name is Mimi. My name is Ati. I'm Sola T. And we're Three Queens and Things. Today's topic is on mental and emotional health. We call this one, you good? Girl, you good? You all right? Mimi, you good? I you I'm good? good? I'm good I'm right good. now. Right, right now. <laughs> right now. Okay. So before we dive into today's topic fully, let's go ahead and jump into our round table. I'm just going to throw a couple questions out. Y'all let me know your thoughts on it. Um, so in regards to mental and emotional health, what role do you feel like music plays in your life? Does that help you stay stable? Does that help you stay like... Yeah, I think music is is definitely a healer for me, or at least a space to connect. Um, there's a certain playlist, there's certain artists that I go to listen to when I'm feeling a certain type of way, and it either kind of helps me stay in that space, because sometimes I just need to get sad, cry it out, you know, go through a breakup, right. turn on that Mary J, mm-hmm. bump it. I'm not gonna cry. I'm you know, sometimes <laughs> I just need to be in that space. And other times I need, you know, I need to be in a different space. And so I think music has always helped guide me in those right. spaces. Well, I definitely agree. I feel like I get in my moods. My music helps me get through whatever I'm feeling. If I'm in my feelings, I'm feeling sad. Let me just go ahead and put on some Drake and cry it out on this ride home because I'm over here. <laughs> no, but really. Why she do Drizzy like that? <laughs> <laughs> For example. But no, music definitely helps me get through whatever I'm going through. If I'm hype, I'm about to go out. I put on some Jeezy's. I, I'm a little trapped. Ooh, I'm a little trapped. she said Jeezy. I'll be a little, oh, yeah. But no, but really Trap music. Trap or die. <laughs> Trap or die. <laughs> <laughs> no, but music helps. Music is life for me. I grew up in a household where my mom sang, my dad was a musician. We always listen to music, so I rather listen, I rather listen to music than turn on the TV. So music is everything. I'll put on my gospel when I feel like I need to cry. I'm feeling emotional. I need some some. I need my God to guide me through these songs through song. Um, yeah. So who are some artists that y'all listen to when you're in a bad mood to uplift your spirit? Who do y'all put on? Oh, I got like I got bad mood and I want to stay in that bad mood and I got bad mood I need to get I need to snap <laughs> get out, out of it. Yeah. So I think bad mood wanna want to get out of it definitely a gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I go to I turn on my my Ernest Pugh I turn on some my Tamala Man and I just mm-hmm. get in the shower and just turn it up. A bad mood, you know, bad mood and wanting to stay in a bad mood, I really kind of turn on some trap music because it just allows me to kind of just keep space of where I am mm -hmm. and kind of just vibe out and not, it doesn't necessarily rise me to another type of occasion, but I, you know, Mm -hmm. I love me some ratchet music anyway. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm a little bit the same, so I do turn to my gospel music when I feel like I need to, when I want to get over it and I'm looking for that song to touch me, I'll put on my Yolanda Adams, my Kirk Franklin. Um, if, like you said, if you want to stay in that mood and kind of just vibe out, um, I definitely turn into a drug dealer <laughs> and I listen to 2 chains. Don't we all. Don't we all. <laughs> <Like Ross. laughs> 
oh, I be trapping out the bando. <laughs> <laughs> what about when y'all want to chill? Who do y'all put on? That's mm-hmm. when you turn on like some scissors, some childish Gambino, some mm-hmm. Janae. New art. You know what I turn on? I turn on. I have an Apple Music playlist that's uh, a chill. It comes out on Sundays. I just turn that on because mm. I get to listen to some new artists. Yeah, kind of R and B. I would say is kind of the the space I go to when I just want to chill. Mm-hmm. I'm a '90s R and B when I just want to chill. Get my wine Wind out. out. My guy, Jagged Edge. Oh, girl, you'd have brought the Jagged Edge. John B. <laughs> John Joe. B. Yes. Okay, bring them all. Next. Uh, okay, yeah. everybody can come. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, what music do you listen to when you're in a turn-up mood, which I guess kind of goes back to what we are saying. I told you, I listen to Trap Daily, so I don't know. I listen to Gucci. <laughs> she said Daily. Gucci is forever for life, okay? <laughs> Gucci, old Gucci, new Gucci. <laughs> Gucci. Right. I love me some Drake. I love like some, you know, West African music. I just, I just anything that got like a little eight or a little beat. Because mm-hmm. I wish I, I forever, forever wish I could dance. I'm not very. I don't have much rhythm, and I, I'm not a talented really? singer. All that butt, girl. girl all that, it just be moving. All that ass just going it just away. Be moving. It just be moving. <laughs> it don't be. It don't be strategic. <laughs> So I think anything that just kind of makes me move around, something I can feel like I'm a drug dealer too. Yeah, absolutely. Just, up a we want to be drug dealers so bad, girl. I tell you, <laughs> in, I my life, like, yes. I, in my previous life, I was like, in my previous narcos. Okay. So um, I think it's good to kind of start with music because when I think about mental and emotional health, I know for me that's played a big part in terms of thinking of kind of a coping mechanism or just a release. Um, but I, the other day I saw this meme on Facebook that said black women uh, be wanting to stop and cry so badly, but <laughs> there's shit to do. Yeah, and that seeing that just really hurt my heart because it's true. It, it Part of it is very true, but part of it is is very I mean, all of it is very unhealthy. And I know I've been in those situations before where it's like, dang, like, right. Like, why? Why can't this be something like why can't I? I release in a way and I, I felt that pressure that I can't cry right now I gotta suck it up do what you gotta do especially when it comes to anything to do with my professional life mm-hmm. you gotta suck that shit up and make it work mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's a healthy message so um, based on that like do you think we have to choose between you know being successful uh, and, and being like strong. and being strong and being hard and making it through and and being sensitive and I've and heard that for vulnerable for black women. Um, my last boss at my old job, she would tell me all the time, like I didn't get this far. I've been in this company eighteen years, and I didn't get this far by just making friends with everybody. I had to because she, she had this. Everybody walked around, not really scared of her, but intimidated by her because she was such a strong woman. You can tell she was sure of herself and. I built a relationship with her to where I can, uh, we became friends in a sense. And I never, I could tell that wasn't her. It was just something she did at work. But she told me, like, you have to do this in this corporate, in this corporate mm-hmm. world. They will, especially with all these older white men, especially yeah. being in leadership, I got to come in here and make them take me seriously. And the only way I can do that is to come in here and make Be everybody hard. intimidated. Yeah. Being emotional or crying or whatever. I feel like it's a, it's looked at like a luxury. Like, I don't have the luxury of doing that because, like mm. you said, I got things to do. That's taken away people, from yeah, time. Yeah, it's going to take be... away. I got people to see. I, it it got to get done. If I sit and stop and mope about it, it ain't going to get done. So 
brush it off and keep it moving. Yes, it's, it's so unhealthy. However, that's just what what we I feel like we have to do. I don't know if it's a black woman thing though. I feel like it's if I know men that I feel like you need a good cry, brother. Yeah. Like you holding this. <laughs> <I think, yeah. laughs> no, but that's that's the yeah, like that's I've true. seen men that just need to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so sad that we put them in a space that it's looked at as gay or it's just looked at as you not being man enough. And really crying is a part of our human tendency. Mm-hmm. Like we need to to release things. We cannot let things build up. And I think that with black women and black men in particular, I see this message as a reality for a lot of people. And it makes me very sad. But it's like, who told you that you had to? I mean, I guess it's just a thing. Men are supposed to be hard all the time. But you ain't always on stage. As a woman who told us that we could, as a black woman who told us we couldn't cry, because I believe a lot of people feel this way. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know that I would not feel comfortable ever crying at work. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, there's women who don't feel that. Right. Like, if they would need to cry, they would just cry. Mm-hmm. But there's things that I do that I cannot see. I feel like I have to be a warrior. You have to keep your gang face on. Yeah. I, I'll cry in the car. I mean... But when I come back, I'm going to be regular again. I'm about. I'm going to be me again. Even so. outside a professional setting, though, do you feel like you ever felt like it wasn't... A, there's a space where it's not okay for you to cry? Like, yeah, it goes without saying. Like, at work, you can't just break down in tears at your desk. But, like, it just in People real life, though. if some shit People, hurt your yeah. feelings, like... Do you feel like, no, I need to be here. I need to gather myself. and Or do you ever feel like it's okay for you to just be like, you know what? This hurt my feelings. I'm going to let you know how I feel. And I might cry while I'm telling you. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think I've cried out of being emotional or sad. I've cried out of anger. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with some, meth, some, some jobs, some situations that I wouldn't wish upon anybody. And... My my go to is okay. Somebody, I'm about to fight. Somebody gonna get these hands. That's my attitude. But I can't do it because I'm at work. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna cry because I'm I'm that angry. Mm-hmm. I don't think for me like outside of outside of I've I've grown a lot with my tears, um, <laughs> just because I, I went to college in a very interesting situation. I went to a very private, uh, not a very private, a very Christian uh, liberal arts private school. So out of about 3,500 students, there were less than 50 black women on campus, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember I remember the day that I became comfortable with crying. And it's because I just started crying in the lunchroom and I had nothing. Nothing triggered me. It's just that it was a buildup. And I was talking to my professor and I just started bawling. And I was so embarrassed. I like I just I think I went in my room and cried because of how embarrassed I was. And I think that really sat with me to be like, wow, I'm on campus trying to be an advocate. I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to get my life together. I'm trying to take these next steps to be successful. And that wasn't in my career. That was just me personally dealing with a lot of things that I know I felt that I couldn't sit down and cry about this. I I had shit to do. And so when the rubber met the road, whether I wanted to or not, those tears came. came and I had to, that's the moment I became more comfortable. So what I do now is I watch shit that makes me cry. If I feel like it hasn't been a while since yeah. I've gotten that out, I watch Ayanla on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And faithfully, oh, make you cry that makes me cry. And I've had to become, because I know that this is something that I, I subconsciously, I don't, I have, I'm a warrior. Mm-hmm. 
And so if I do not consciously make a decision to create these releases for myself, then I know that I am at risk to, to slip into back into my depression because depression is something that I battle every day. Mm-hmm. So I, that is something that I have to be aware of and I have to be strategic with. But that that's definitely taken a lot of life experiences for me to learn that. But this, you know, that this meme really like it really sat with me because mm-hmm. I remember feeling that way in my professional and my personal life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how we've related everything to do with, like, being in a good place emotionally with crying. So, like, do we feel like, like, if you don't cry that you can't be emotionally, like, stable? Like, do you feel like it's necessary for you to it's get those emotions? It's necessary to get it out. But people channel their, in, I mean, that you don't have to cry necessarily to be in a good place emotionally. Like, people channel their feelings into yeah. in a different Absolutely. way. Absolutely. I think for for me, because as a black woman, I'm given so many messages that I can't cry, mm-hmm. that I can't be sensible, I can't be vulnerable. That's a, that's why that's a, that's why that conversation steers that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same thing about you know hearing all the connotations about being an angry black woman right. and really choosing to be celebratory right. and having to deal with people be like, why are you so positive all the time mm-hmm. and all of that. Like I think those are all things that. Those are different. Being positive is that way, is mm-hmm. one of those releases for me. Yeah. Because I know that because I, I battle depression, that if I'm not intentional with this, this I will be in a different space. Right. But I do think there are more. Absolutely. I think there are more ways than tears. But because of my experience and the messages that I've been sent about what it means to cry, right. it, how that means weakness, that's why, you know, I center my conversation in, in that way. I'm a crier, y'all. I'm, I'm sensitive. I am. Listen, I'm about to tell. I don't hold in stuff. Maybe it's because I'm I'm sensitive cancer. I don't know. But yes. everybody gonna hear what yeah, I gotta the Aries, say. The horns becoming. <laughs> and I'm me. probably gonna cry when I tell you because <laughs> I, that's just who I am. I'm just emotional. But no, I know it's a time to be to let your feelings out. And I know there's time to like to keep it to yourself. So definitely in a professional setting, I've never like let my feelings show like that. But um, any other time, yes, I am like this is how I feel. <laughs> and this is why I feel that way and this is what you're gonna do to fix it and I'm probably crying while I'm saying it so I've never felt like I'm just I never really feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm just about to burst with emotion because I've just held it all in because I'm very much like here you go I'm emotional I'm a cry baby and but I will let you, I will tell you about yourself and then cry in the same breath it's it's very dysfunctional it's very crazy <laughs> um but yeah I'm a, I, I think I release in a way I have to cry if and let it out. Yeah. I have to. I'm not a, I'm a talker. So talking things out is how I like, I'm not a crier. I'm going to ask you questions. I want to know. I'm going to try to seek understanding. But like, that's why I have to watch Ayanna because Monday through Friday, I'm not, Sunday through Friday, I'm not going to be crying. Like, I can't tell you when the last time was that I cried about something that I wasn't watching on TV. But I cry when I'm happy. You know, if I'm really happy for someone that I'm close to, I, I cry during celebration. I cry during birthdays. I cry during anniversaries. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a crybaby. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. So, what are some personal you know personal issues that you've struggled with, whether that be mental or emotional, and how have you learned to to you know understand what caused them if you are able to understand? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I remember um, actually a few years back, I was in a place where like my my job and stuff that I wasn't really happy. That was when I had put on like a lot of weight and stuff. And there were a number of things that I know I wasn't really happy with, but I didn't realize that they were things that were like really bothering me. And um, I was talking to one of my friends one time and she was like, hey, girl, haven't seen you in a while. How's everything going? We're talking and catching up. And um, I'm like, 
like you were saying, just in the middle of the conversation, like I'm telling her, like, you know, everything's good. You know, I wish this was better. I'm working on doing this. I'm trying to like improve this. And I'm just telling her like, the stuff that I'm working on. And I just started crying. <laughs> and I looked around and I got embarrassed, like you said. And I just kind of got embarrassed and like stopped for a second. I was like, you know what? Even though I'm a crier, I didn't mean to cry in that setting. So it kind of like took me back and I'm like, I'm good. You know, I kind of brushed it off. Like, I don't even, I'm tripping. My period must be coming or something because I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had to step back. Like, after that, after that conversation, she texted me and was like, you know what? You know, just after talking to you, I feel like I just need to reach out to you and, and tell you it's okay to not be okay. And mm-hmm. she was like, and for you to say that you didn't really know why you were crying because she asked me like what's wrong you know like i'm while i'm talking to her she's over my back like what's wrong like we were just mm-hmm. talking and everything was good, was good. Mm-hmm. right and so we had a conversation later in the evening and she was just like if you're crying and you don't know why you need to yeah. sit down and maybe put some stuff on paper and like sort some things out and it really was i just wasn't happy with my where i was in life like what i was doing for work and with my body and myself personally i had just gone through a breakup and you know you just kind of brush those things off like you know it happens. I still right, but it really yes. bothered me more than I realized it did. Yeah, I think that's one of the most dangerous things that a person can ever tell me. It's whatever, or mm. I'm good. Those are things I'm always curious. Like, but are you though? Yeah. Because it's so we're all taught to. I'm good. I'm okay. It'll be. I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll bounce back. It'll. But like, there's there's something that's not okay, and that needs right. attention. Well, I feel like too, like. I say that a lot, and I, I my thinking behind it is I have to be okay. Like, I don't have a choice. Like, yeah, there's not, there's always going to be stuff in life that you don't like, but for me to sit here and talk to you about it, like, for what? Like, me saying I don't have, I don't really have time. Like, yeah, it's not okay, but it, it has to be right now because I'm not in a place where I can fix it this second, so I'm good. Like, I'm going to be good. Like, what good is it going to do for me to sit here and discuss it with you as if you can fix it for me? To me, the way that I look at that is that that growth is already going to take a lot of time. So fixing that, so you might as well start now. You might as well pinpoint. But you, like you said, it's not going to be fixed tomorrow. But I think investing in yourself is one of the best things you can do. Of course. How we talked about like how we cope with these personal issues or healthy or unhealthy examples. Like, what do those look like? I think um, through my depression, I think one thing that I would do a lot and what's a signal for me that I'm not doing well is sleeping a lot. Mm-hmm. I would get yeah, to my dorm room and I would just go to sleep. Yeah. And people would come and knock on my door and I would just be asleep. And so I know that that that's something for me. Um, and really, I really was able to de- explore my depression in college because it, it just kept kept coming out. Kept, mm-hmm. I, it was it was one of those things. Where I'm good. I'm no for real, y'all. I'm good. And I and I wasn't. And I remember having. Uh, a meeting with uh, the provost of our college and it was me and one of my friends and we had been doing a lot of work in, in on our campus just about shit that was happening and he told us that he thought it was good that we would get some counseling and I was so heated walking out that office like how dare you you supposed to be making sure that shit is together and you gonna sit here and tell me to just go to talk somebody and I'm sitting here talking to you telling you what's wrong and mm. then my ass went to sign up for counseling. <laughs> Why do we feel like counseling therapy. is such a slap in the face for like? Uh, I ain't know nobody ever went to no counseling, right? You know, like when yeah. he when he was saying this, I'm like, you you saying there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. and there was there was something wrong with the way that I was feeling, and I needed to own that. And so I I went to therapy. I, I had individual sessions. I went to group therapy, um, and then I I still am in therapy, and I don't go to 
I don't do these things when I'm in crisis. Um, of course, I would get the attention that I need. I really am intentional about going to, you know, finding a therapist when I was not in a moment of crisis. Mm-hmm. Because I think that you can kind of be like, okay, life's better now. But no, I need to consistently speak to somebody about the things that are happening, even if it's just the fact that that person is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so therapy has been a healthy way. Sleeping, um, you know, move, removing myself, being very antisocial. Those are ways that I've 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 acted in the before, you know, the be- behaviors I participated in before that were not healthy. Looking back, I feel like I did struggle with the depression about a year or so ago. That was like a lot of my unhappy moments came from like my body image like I talked about in the last episode like I was very depressed that I had even let myself do that to myself like get Mm. that unhealthy and I was just angry at myself and um I was angry at everybody else too that's how I dealt with it like I would sleep like you said I would just hide in the house and then when I was around people I was very like mean towards my friends I was mean towards my family they would ask me if I was like yeah I'm okay why you ask me if I'm okay of course I'm okay yeah. yeah I've dealt with depression as a, an adult. Um, however, I know as a child, a young child, an adolescent, I really went through a dark space. Um, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to at that point. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't turn to my mom, my dad, my sisters. I didn't feel like anybody would understand. Um, it's kind of hard to say. So when I was, here for you. I was 11 or 12, um, I was molested mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know what to do. I already didn't feel good about myself. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know how to feel, how to process it. And my parents didn't know how to, how to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't know how to offer any healing to me. So I just, um. I remember many days and many nights just sitting in my room and um, just writing, just writing out my feelings and just getting them out on paper. And um, I remember just wanting to not be here anymore. I remember wanting to kill myself as as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know. I was just going crazy within myself. So um, I don't, I don't know how I got out of it. I just... I just prayed, you know, I just prayed to God and I, and I knew I didn't want to be in that, in that space anymore. Whew. And yeah, I just, um, I just worked myself through it. Like I said, I didn't have anybody to turn to, but, right. but me. So I feel like that happens a lot in uh, black households where families don't know really how to, it's not talked about that depression is something and suicide isn't something that's talked about. Anxiety. It's not something that exists. I guess if you don't talk about it, it doesn't happen or it's not something that's real. And I, I think that is what creates when we get to be adults, like from not dealing with it or not seeing anybody deal with their own depression. Cause I, now looking back, I believe that depression runs in my family. Mm-hmm. I think my father has serious, severe depression and um, it scares me because also I feel like my brother has sometimes certain traits of that too. I kind of see traces of that too, but we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like I see that my brother kind of does things that I see my dad do, and I'm more than positive my dad has depression, but we don't discuss it. It's almost like that's just the way you we'll take care of it. Rug and we're yeah. okay. You know, we I have think to that, be okay. Yeah, I think you know, Mimi. I really appreciate you you sharing your story because I know that that's hard to to go back. I didn't to know that I was space. gonna cry. I thought I was. I remember we let it, it flow and today. I was dead. But some of those things, you know, you have no 
you have no fault in it, but those are, that's a part of your a fabric. It's a part of who you are and, and right. kind of your experiences and right. your journey. Um, and that's nothing to be shameful about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, that those are the those are the things that we have these secrets in family and we have not sometimes they're not secrets but like you said they weren't able your parents weren't able to help provide healing right. mm-hmm. and so i think we are left to be okay mm-hmm. and, and figure it out yeah. and like they said we want to cry but we got shit to do yeah. and i think coming back to that you know just that that question like you good that is so powerful like that there's there's so much in that statement because we're not Nine times out of ten, we're not somewhere, whether it was the child in us that, you know, is still that, that those childhood things, mm-hmm. whether it's I'm seeing these things happen. Yes, I think you good just really needs to take like a different like that's a different question now for me, because you can be happy. You could be healthy in aspects of your life. But are you really good? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really it saddens me to know all of the healing and all the coping that is not happening because we're not even able to acknowledge that there may be something that is not good Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make you less than a person. It doesn't make you less successful. It doesn't make you not feel happy or feel good about yourself in some aspect, but there's something there that needs help. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I feel like too, I mean, just in general, not only is mental health not taken seriously in black households, but I feel like physical health too. Because I feel like it all kind of comes yeah. together. Like, the, yeah. you good isn't something that was yeah. ever asked in my household. Like I said, you just had to be. Like, right. I talk, me and my mom are very close. My mom's my best friend. And she can sense when something's wrong. I mean, like, now as an adult, she'll ask me some something like, you know, right. I can kind of tell something's up with you. But I don't remember, like, ever coming up and having, like, an open conversation with my parents. Like, I'm not feeling good about... I mean, even I wasn't close to my mom until just recently because it wasn't, like, a comfortable, like, I can come to you and talk to you about anything kind of setting. And, um... I feel like that's something I definitely want to take away from when I have children. I'm oh, not yeah, saying be your friend, be the their friend, curse. but yeah. you do need to ask the you good mm-hmm. kind of questions. And like, even in my teen, I could have used that like as a teenager, like I wasn't, I was dealing with a lot of stuff just from like in my household and school and stuff like that. Bullying is really big right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of parents that aren't in tune with their children to know that this is something that might be causing them anxiety or exactly or your sisters and your brothers or your friends are yeah. like there's so mm-hmm. many roles that you know most of our parents aren't going to get a lot of these studies and practices are just developing and usually really haven't been claimed or used by the black families at this mm-hmm. point but i think i'm learning to to really ask my friends this and also like be able to tell Mm-hmm. I think it, it's something about the power of being able to listen to your friend and know when something's not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that takes time, of course. But I think sometimes we pass each other and life gets so busy. Like time is of the essence, mm-hmm. especially sometimes you just don't have time to sit down and talk to somebody. But we have to make that time. Right. We really have to to make it because there's a lot of things that are going on. Like there's a lot of things that I've been through that may I can share how I dealt with them that may help somebody else, but mm-hmm. we've never even sat down to have a conversation. So I don't even know that you would even, you I wouldn't even know to share this. these things. Right. Um, Communication so, is key. We definitely exactly. have to have open dialogue and talk about how, let's talk about our feelings. Like yeah. as cliche as that sounds, like you have to put that out there. You have to talk about how you feeling and what's going on and how, what are you doing to deal with it and what we can do around each other to, to help us get through those hard times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in college, I studied what's called intergroup dialogue. Uh, and one of the things that I will always take away from the process that I went to become a facilitator was that there's a there's three types of, we can categorize, com, you know, communication in three types of ways. 
into debate where, you know, that's an argument. Somebody's trying to prove a point to one another, discussion where you're trying to come to some sort of conclusion, a solution or something. And dialogue is where you're seeking understanding. And I think a lot of households and a lot of relationships, whether they're friendships, romantic, uh, familial relationships, they are in discussion and debate. And I think we need more dialogue. We need to just, instead of like, you know, talking about something like depression or molestation or anxiety, it doesn't always need to right away be about the solution. What it needs to be is I need to understand the experience that you're going through. Let's talk about the hurt. Yeah. Let's open mm-hmm. that wound we up. Let's to. talk about yeah. the hurt. Let's dive into it. And then we can we can start the healing process. Exactly. And I think we miss that a lot. And it's like, okay, well, you're just going to have to get it together because, you know, it's happened to a lot of people. You ain't the only one. Right. Or, you know, it happens. I'm sorry it happened to you. But, like, but what about understanding what happened to you? How did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. I think it's something that I'm I'm trying to live further and definitely, you know, you know, if ever becoming a mother, that's something important. As I've always said, like I learned something in uh, a woman's studies class that most of our lives, our mothers are our mothers, but it there becomes a transitional point where we see our mothers as women. Mm-hmm. And I think that point is where we start to have more of those conversations. And I know that's impacted my relationship with my mom as well. Um, is that I start to see her as a woman. Mm-hmm. So as I start to he- see her as a woman, I start to hear about these things that she was going through that are similar to the things that I'm going through, but we've never talked about them. Right. So I think it's so important to really stop and think about the people in your life as instead of the role that they play, but as who they are and yeah. their journey. Yeah. And I think that helps us be able to Understand. have those conversations mm-hmm. of understanding without prejudgment mm-hmm. right. uh, or jumping to conclusion that's because you know some things about the relationship you have with them so you're going to be like well that's why she was over here doing this but maybe it's not right maybe something else in, in that person's context or their story may be impacting how they're interacting with you yeah I, I know for my family it's definitely something that's been generational like and I'm sure plenty of black families and households my grandmother didn't talk about her mental state or mm-hmm. I just found out that my grandma did have, you know, have some mental issues and okay, now it makes sense that my mom is, you know, right. going through what she's going through. Maybe it makes sense why I'm a little cray, like, or you not, not even to say cray, not, it's not a joking matter. Um, well, I have my issues. So it, you know, it had, it makes sense. So we need to definitely talk about it and open up those dialogues. So we, I can try to understand who I am and what I'm dealing with. So, you know, so we can all understand. Yeah. I think another thing that I've heard recently is like a lot of people are saying that we have a uh, misdiagnosis of bipolar disorder disease or everybody ain't, ain't depressed or mm-hmm. all these things. And I, you know, I really encourage us to learn about these things because mm-hmm. I learned a lot about my mother in my psychology classes. And I learned <laughs> a lot about my grandmother and my, you know, I've learned about, about my family in these classes that were geared to me studying these different things. And I would be in class like, wait a minute. <laughs> that sounds just like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And I think we are so quick to have these reactions to be like, no, that's not real. She just need to get her shit together or he just needs to do this. And it's not even all of that serious. And you don't need to be going to get no medicine, no doctor and all that mm-hmm. shit involved. But at the end of the day, like these things are studied. Mm-hmm. This is not something that just popped up out of nowhere. And yeah, we can try. So I'm, I'm all for holistic healing. I, I don't believe that, you know, medicine should be the cure to everything. I, I don't. That's mm-hmm. not how I live my life. But we need to think about options for people. We need to yeah. think about the realities that people are living. I've learned that there's people in my family that I've had to come to the conclusion that they just do not have the capacity yeah. to deal with certain things mm-hmm. in the way that I think is healthy. 
And as hard as that is and how that may have impacts on their kids or whatever, that's where we have to step in as a community and as that that village that raises those children. But we have to be honest. We first have to acknowledge that this is real stuff. That's like you were saying, like, yeah, medicine is an answer, but you do have to acknowledge that this person might have a real problem. They might really have anxiety. Like, it's not something that's made up just because you don't experience anxiety or depression doesn't mean that it can't. It's not real. Right. And I think, you know, to I'm glad you brought anxiety back up because I know in our, 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 you know, What About Your Friends episode, I mentioned a friend that just doesn't show up and that has nothing to do with me. And that's because that person has anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn and I've had to read about what that means. And so I've had to understand that it's not about me. And sometimes I think that's hard for us to swallow is that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. That person has something else in their journey that is, that's their, we all have our, our our hurdles that we have to jump over and that we have to overcome. And some of us walk over them. Some of us can run over them. Some of us uh, trip back, fall, and have to go back, set it back up, and try it again. Mm-hmm. But I have to accept, and you know, I appreciate her being able to share what that is so I could have, understand her context and provide me the opportunity to understand more about what that, what that is. Right. I think we all have a little tick. It's just what's capacity. Trigger it. Yeah, yeah. what's what's going to trigger it or how are we going to cope with it? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're going to go out and party and, you know, pretend like these issues don't exist yeah. or you're going to drink or you're going to do some drugs or you're going to become promiscuous. It, you know, we just, yeah. how we deal with it. That reminds me so much of uh, Cranes in the Sky by Solange. Like that song. Y'all don't know, when that song came out, I was just like, if this is not everything that mm-hmm. every every person needs to hear because, and I think I'm getting emotional listening to it because you try to drink it away, you try to shop it away, you try to just do it away, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still, still there. there. Yeah. You're it's not still really there. dealing with it or You won't look it. at it. It's like you have to... You have to find that healing, and it, it causes you to stop and make time to invest in yourself. Yeah, I don't really think I... Um... I mean, like I said, I do tell people, like, when I'm upset about something, that's why I feel like I don't really internalize a lot of things, but I do feel like I'm not the best at letting it it go. Like, even Mm -hmm. after I tell you about how I feel about it, I still kind of, like... Hold that against you later. You hold grudges. I do. Yes, and it's do. not healthy. Y'all should be grudging against me. It's all right. I'll be bullying sometimes. She's a bully. We both growing. No, but I do kind of like. She said she's a bully. She's a bully. Oh, we have to go back to that. I don't even forget my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no see, I was, I was sitting here uh-huh. embracing this Being time. a bully. No, I get it. <laughs> you were saying that you hold hold grudges. Yeah. Um, I still hold that against, like, um, I'm sorry. Still it. hold on to it, even if you get out what you have to say. Why do you think you hold on to it? Mm, I think that tells me a lot about people. And I think that, like I talked about in our friendship um, episode, like I learn stuff about people and it just because I excuse it or just because I move past it doesn't mean that I forgot that you did that. And that's what's stopping me from creating long-lasting relationships with people. And I feel like that does bother me. So I feel like when I am going through something, it's a hard. it's hard for me to find people to talk to about it because I don't I don't trust my circle, I guess, per se. The only person I talk to mm-hmm. about my issues is my mom. So I don't, I might discuss with you, like, I didn't like when you did that. But then also now when I'm looking for a friend, I don't trust you or I don't feel like I can come to you and talk to you about anything. So wow. I don't know if that really, I don't know if it makes sense. but It makes it, sense. It makes sense to me. I don't have anybody to go to to vent to. Because so you eliminate that person like you you know yeah. they don't so have don't, that luxury. You also don't provide of, them a space to grow from your feedback. 
because maybe that person did. You should grow from my feedback and apply it to a relationship with somebody else. I'm not going to give you the opportunity <laughs> to. somewhere else. Do you not feel that people give you that mercy? That you mess up and people still allow you to. Yeah, and that's them opening yourself up. That's uh, <laughs> risky. I mean, not like I would do anything across somebody. But like, how would that, it's the same thing. Like, how do you. Not. Because if you feel comfortable enough, like, that's just something I personally don't feel like I can overcome. Like, if you do something that I feel like you crossed me or I can't trust you again, then I learned my lesson. Like, it's a mental note. But if you feel like, okay, well, we talked it out and maybe she won't do it again, like, that's on you taking that chance on people. I'm not that kind of person. So if you show any sort of signs of, like... So they get one shot. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, I won't speak to them like i won't deal associate with them with on them, that level but i'm i don't have friends a lot of friends that i talk to about like daily things that really upset me like i'll have a conversation with somebody about something they specifically did to make me feel some sort of way but i don't have people that i go to 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 be like you know what i'm dealing with this and it's really bothering me and i feel like i can't shake this and maybe you can help me figure my way out like i mean i you just feel like that ever limits your growth I feel like it's something that I may need to work on because just even thinking of it from like a relationship standpoint, yeah, I don't, I've never, question. huh? That was my next question. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle. The next person oh, yeah. I decide to be was going to oh, just have yeah. to understand <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not that person to automatically open up to you. I'm not that person to automatically trust. I know there's some people, like I think you said, you give people that benefit of the doubt to where you let, allow them, like you trust people before they earn your trust. Yeah. I don't believe that trust is something that you mm-hmm. have to earn. I believe it's something that you can lose. Absolutely. But I don't I don't start off with like you at ground zero, you gotta get up to uh, level five before I'm gonna release this information just because that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you know, with that said, I think that, you know, I would be concerned that you may be missing out on some ways to deal with coping and healing because you're not providing people space to, to be people. Yeah, but and, also when I'm going to people and releasing like, girl, I'm really going through something right now. Like now you know something about me, you know, kind of like a weakness about me or something I don't handle well. That they may and, use against you. And I don't do well with, I don't do well with opening up. And you know that we've yeah. been friends for a while. But yeah, I said all that to basically say like a part of something that I know that I could work on as far as like maybe being in a better emotional place with myself is like learning to not hold on to things. I mean, learning to confide in people sometimes letting people be there for you Absolutely. i don't necessarily let people be there for me um when i know that i probably should i could use sometimes like a little support like oh you'll be you'll be okay like yeah. come on get up like you'll be good like i don't allow anybody to because for me to allow you to do that would first allow would require me to open up to you about what's really got to have me down and i can't do that i don't know how <laughs> i think you can because it has to do with ability but you're just not in the space to do it. So I think you have the ability to do it. Absolutely. And also, do I want to? I don't think I do. Yeah. I think I you feel like do what works for you. Right. No, I'm saying like not like I don't. Not like I don't want to. I'm saying is I know that I probably would, that would help me to not hold on to so many things. But I also feel like too, I need to get to a place where I have to stop feeling like everybody after you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that that, that's that's perspective that's heavy to hold on to is, mentally. It's heavy, and then everybody will be after you, even when they're not. Mm-hmm. So I've you know I've been in that space before, where the way that I live my life is a result of living my life a different way. It's not that I haven't you know partaken in you know trusting people. Like I haven't always just provided people trust, but from my experience of changing my behavior, I've seen a change in result in how my relationships are 
and and how bountiful those are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I am not. I'm a person that most of my best friends, if they tell you like when it was they first knew me, like it took them a long time to to get to know me. And I think people can create conceptions of me, um, just kind of of how I interact. But it took me a while to learn how to release myself to to let people know me because I'm a person people come to for counsel a lot, but nobody is ever asking me how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or you nobody, good? Nobody's, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, nobody <laughs> was doing that. I can't say that now in my life because I do think my, you know, I do have a circle that, that's very supportive. Um, but that's not how most of my life is. Like, oh, I'm going through this. And not like, I, I it, it's not a bother to me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being able to be that space and, you know, that, that, that release for you. Mm-hmm. But I would say from my experience, learning to know that people are growing has been one of the biggest gifts for me. So I can tell you something today. We can talk three years from now. You've had space to be able to grow and you've also had space to be able to uh, regress and you've also had space to be able to maintain. But I don't think from the way that I live my life that it's fair that if you do one thing that upsets me for me to just shut the whole operation down because you're a gifted person. I believe every person is gifted. There's some people that are not going to be in my life and that don't need to be. But I think that we limit ourselves mm-hmm. by holding grudges. That's true. I don't personally hold grudges because I feel like I'm I'm not friends with a lot of people and I don't allow a lot of people in my space. But the people that I do allow in my space are people that I feel are genuine. And I'm going to... I'm not going to hold a grudge against you. I'm going to, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be done with it. And what we about to eat? Like, but mm-hmm. other people, you know, my sister is just like you. She will hold a grudge. I don't think like, it's a grudge. What? No, I think it's a grudge. Why? Or you hold a perception. Maybe that's a That's word. why I'm like, it's not a grudge because it's not like I'm not fucking with you no but more. It, but it's you're like, not though. But it's like, but you're not. What kind of fool would I be for you to show me who you really are? But it doesn't really make are. you a fool. That's the part you not. How like, is it, it not? You show you me who fool. you really are, and I'm not gonna. That may not remember be who that. they really are. <laughs> like, aren't you supposed to learn from your lessons? But like that you may not them? be who they really are. Maybe that was a poor choice that they made in trying to figure out who they are and how they interact. So like, you don't know that that's what that person. Also, you're not sure that 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 that's, that person's intentions. You're not understanding where they're coming from, why they did what they did, and because you have all of that, not you're you lack that knowledge. Am you I can't supposed say to that you know. feel sympathetic? Like because you might be going through something, the way that you treated me is supposed to make it any better. The way that you so if you did something to me that hurt me, and then you come back later and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was dealing with. XYZ when this happened. So my apologies. Does that lesson that you made me feel some sort of way? Like you, yes, you have to you find understanding. Like, <laughs> like you have to understand where that person is coming from in the space that they may have may have been in when they we reacted or acted a certain way yeah. towards you. Because let me tell you, that's gonna happen so much in a relationship and you cannot you can't you cannot be like that. We want you to like, be able to have that for you, not to just have a relationship with a man or have your friendships, but I see all that you have to offer and I see yeah. where that is stunted at the same time because you are not releasing other people's mistakes 
But at the same time, we all make mistakes. Yes. There's a way that Every I interact day. with you that may be a mistake. And if you just shut me down, you're depriving me from the space yeah. to grow yeah. and for us to share a, what could be a still very successful and Because very, what are y'all doing right. then if your friendship is not going to grow? Yeah. If you're, you so then you just have point. me around. But yeah. in my back of my head, I already know that you have this perception of me, which is going to make me feel guarded right. and make and me interact back. with you yep. a certain way that's going to reflect what you already feel. Yep. Right. So that's the energy you're already putting yep. you're out. Projecting and you're, you're projecting that energy and you're deflecting what you're doing because because I'm sure there's been times where your friends have not liked something that you've done, mm-hmm. but they've said, no, let me not say that. Even just the example <laughs> that you provided about, you know, you were in a space with your body and what you didn't feel good about yourself and you were mean to your friends and you were, you, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You could have really hurt one of them, but I would hope in a space that they would seek understanding as to where you are mm-hmm. and still understand and seeing value in the relationship beyond just that interaction. Now, right. do I believe you should allow people to abuse you or to disrespect you. But no, no, I don't. But I do believe that because we all have different contexts, you have to sometimes learn, show people how what respect means to you mm-hmm. and also understand what that means to them because they mean different things. How we all interact with one another, we have different stances on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And if we don't talk about it, we're all, I'm all, I'm, I know I'm always going to be offensive yeah. just because I live my life a different way than you. Right. Makes sense. But it doesn't mean that we can't share or learn from each other and there can't be an honest, genuine relationship and you can't call me to tell me what's going on in your life. That doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It just means I may have said something that was off-putting to you. But if you hold that and I'm releasing from it, then we're going to be in, we're not doing anything. Right. Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that we do to release some energy and get it out? <laughs> well, as of lately, I've been working out quite often and I feel like it does help me I feel like it definitely does I've been writing down my thoughts a lot too one of my good friends bought me um a journal and for my birthday and um I've been using that just like the past couple weeks and I see a difference in just like letting my thoughts all out and in this journal it has like a couple of like reflective questions Mm -hmm. um and I feel like that's really helping me working out as well um I if I don't work out there is some pent up energy and aggression that needs to get out. Um, I've been working out early in the morning before I even start my day. That's that makes my day so much better. And just taking two minutes to just sit and be quiet and meditate and be still and think about my goals, what I want to do, the energy I want to put out into the world today and who I want to be. So that, has been helping me so much. Um, I think for me, meditation is really big. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Londrell, but he has some great affirmations just to, I don't know, it's just like 2017 black woman manifesting type of meditation <laughs> for me. I think stretching. So yoga, uh, I, many people don't know this about me, but I do write poetry. I just don't share it with anybody. I did not know so, that. Um, that's something that I do that I, that's something that I keep, it's just not something that I, I Will share. you write a piece for us and share it on the next episode? Who is she putting somebody on the spot? The you talking about growth? Come on, I'm so this is this is all about poetry. That's your homework. Okay. You always give everybody else homework. homework. So I can take the homework. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I definitely already have some pieces that I can write. Okay. Um, but maybe I'll write something on, you know, just like this experience that we've been having so far. Yeah. Um, I think my sister circles are my release. So I have different friends that I call for different things. Um, and I think that's being uh, cognizant of my relationships and kind of where people are too at the same time because mm-hmm. I never want to 
uh, put somebody in space when I know they they dealing with some stuff and get mad because they react a certain way. Right. Um, also, financial advising. I think uh, a lot of things for me that are emotionally frustrate me or I find a space is, has to do with my financial health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, I've seen that correlation. So I'm very, I try to be as honest with it as possible. Um, and so I think seeking financial counseling or advising can do a, a lot of, of help um, in terms of how you feel about yourself and how uh, your life is set up, being able to travel and, and not having to come back and work 24 mm-hmm. seven and, you know, really being balanced in that way. Those are ways that, you know, come with me that, that help. So kind of circling back to uh, something I touched on at the beginning of the episode, calling a foul. Like, are y'all comfortable or have y'all ever called somebody out on something that they've done, an action or something they said to you that really hurt you yes. and letting them know that I didn't like what you did to me and this is why and this is how I felt about it? Yes, I have to do this. I have to, if I care about you, if I love you, I have to tell you what's right and what's wrong and what I see and how I see it's affecting you, how I see it's affecting us. I have to get it out. If I don't, I'm going to be sick to my fucking stomach. I can't, it has to get out. Like, (laughs) so what is an example and how did it end? Mm, I don't know if I should talk about this. Um, called out a family member about some drug use that I, observed and they thought they were hiding it or masking it and um it ended up being an emotional conversation and them telling me that you know I don't understand and I'm judgmental when all the while I may not have I'm not the best at how I communicate things and I'm working on that um but it was out of love it was out of care and that's all I wanted them to understand was, I love you. I'm here for you. I don't like seeing you this way. And I want you to get better. And you should, you know, we should try to work on this. So, yeah, that's where it was left. Yeah, I think um, I'm a person that because I've seen myself grow in a lot of ways, I really try to be treat others with that same regard. And so I know a lot of things that I'll won't say aren't always, and I, I think people can be in different spaces with this, but if something's outright foul, I'll say something. But in that conversation or before I have that conversation, I just, I'll, I'll think about, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll meditate on that and I'll, I'll, I'll reflect on what the situation is. And I like to have that conversation with I statements. I've seen this. I, I don't like to say you're doing this, so you need to do that. And this is you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm seeing. This is how I feel about it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's the you that comes in is what do mm-hmm. you think? And so I think how I lead that conversation is very important to me. Um, I, it's something I'm still working on with kind of more informal things. But when it's, it's something, I, I definitely try to think of, you know, if, if I'm hurt by something, is this me being hurt really? Did you hurt me or is this something that I'm insecure about? Mm -hmm. I think that's important to think about. Um, Not to say that you don't still approach that person, but to understand where this conversation is really coming from. Are you trying to tell somebody off? Are you trying to prove something to yourself? What, what is that conversation? And I think it would be nice to see if more people took that time and that, that reflective space before they have conversations that sometimes I think become more damaging because they're not, there's not thought put into what the conversation needs to be. Definitely. 
So what are some things that y'all think in the black household in particular that may lead to a mental and emotional health issue? Silence. Absolutely. I think that something like what I was saying before, it needs to be addressed. I feel like white families constantly take their kids to therapy or are more than willing to like address the mental issues like they'll go and get their kids Ritalin and I don't, I don't know like they'll, <laughs> they'll go and get you whatever you need to be stable but black parents will be quickly like I'm not putting my kids on you know and they just we not need really you to slow down Timmy <laughs> have a seat <laughs> stuff like that but it's just like I said um not speaking on it is the most damaging thing that you can do yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think in not having the toolbox of resources. So I took this family communications class before, and it was like one of my favorite classes because I learned so much about the dynamics of family, like when you have kids and compared to time of like when you get married, if you get married and mm-hmm. like all these different things. And one thing that stood out to me is I remember one day we were talking about like whoopings and spankings and all these other things. And I'm like, okay, I'm not a person who believes that that should be the only thing that you would do as a form of punishment. But what I've learned is like when we talk about mental and emotional health, what are the things that are in your toolbox, your resources? So there's not one problem that's going to solve everybody's issues. And I think sometimes what I think, you know, if we say the state of the black family and understand that's a generalization, but that I'm okay with having that generalization for this conversation is I think we lack tools in our toolbox. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I think we lack, there's a lack of resources that we are connected with. Not that there are a lack of resources in this world, but, and I think a lot of that has to do with some closed mindedness sometimes. Sometimes it has to do with ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it has to do with, you know, religious beliefs. I think that, that, that impacts things if we're speaking very honestly about, you know, go pray on it. Prayer, I think, is absolutely uh, a warranted uh, space of healing. But is that going to work for everybody? And is that the only thing that we should do? No, we can't. We can't pray everything away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that prayer is here to, to connect us with other things. And so I think the, the silence and the lack of uh, having items in our toolboxes really keep us in a, uh, a very dangerous state. That's a real statement. I was actually having a conversation with a friend the other day and she was telling me about some things that she's struggling with. And she went to her mom to talk to her mom about it. Her mom was just like, just pray on it, baby. And I'm not saying that's not something that you should not do, but that's the only answer you can offer me. Like, I'm coming to you for, and you think I haven't done that already? Like, you as my mom, I'm coming to you for guidance, and you think I haven't prayed on it already? That's the only thing you can offer me to help me get through this. I think sharing stories, too. I've grown so much by hearing my mom's story Mm -hmm. and hearing, like, the struggle she's had with her emotional and mental health. And I think... If we that that plays into the silence, but really sharing your story, like being vulnerable enough to say, like, I was doing this. This is what I did. This is what happened. And I think we have these images that we don't even know that people in our lives have gone through anxiety, who who struggle with anxiety or depression or these things, because we just don't know really who that person is. Besides grandma, auntie, uncle, Mm -hmm. we don't know the stories about, well, when I was at this age, this is what happened. And I think a lot of that comes from the secrets that are kept because we don't want to look a certain way. There's mm-hmm. a lot of molestation. There's a lot of rape. There's a lot of uh, abuse uh, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, physically that happen in these bla- in our black households. Mm-hmm. And we are very silent about them. We want to keep them secret because we don't want to look a certain way. And I think that that festers and that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And that creates so, so many other unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. because we're chasing and we're acting based upon how our family was functioning or dysfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We don't, we don't, we don't want to look a certain way and also they don't know how 
I don't know how to tell my kids that I've gone through this too or, mm-hmm. you know, share my story as to what I've been been through. They have you no know how. It's generational. We don't, they don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Nobody ever it's it's it. not that it wasn't there. The yeah. more I find out, I'll be like, what happened? And right. so-and-so had a baby over here, then that baby was raised by so-and-so, and then all of that, that is damaging to a person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I know y'all been seeing this video of Miss Maxine Waters talking about reclaiming her time. I'm claiming my time, okay? I mean, reclaiming my time. And I'm all for it. Auntie so, Maxine. <laughs> what, are, what are y'all thoughts around that? What are some ways that y'all are reclaiming y'all time? I think that's so applicable. I think a lot of the depression that I was going through in, in college was really me trying to fight battles, Um that I could I could bring some healing to and I could shed some light on, but I wasn't it wasn't my responsibility to resolve, and so I got overwhelmed with mm-hmm. taking on so th- so many things. So when I hear that, that's what I immediately think of mm-hmm. is reclaiming my time, my space, my value, mm-hmm. um, because that time is is so powerful. If I'm spending time doing all these other things um, to try to fight against something or be negative, when I could be sharing my story, mm-hmm. and that's how I want to reclaim my time, that's to me is just very powerful. Oh, absolutely. Reclaiming my energy and the energy I allow around Ooh, me. The allow. We got I, power, y'all. Yes. We have choice. Mm-hmm. We have agency. <laughs> Don't come around my way with that. <laughs> I'm not going to entertain that negative energy. You keep that away from me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm trying my best to not project that negative energy onto anybody else. And I check myself, so. Definitely. I think I'm very selective about who I let around me. Like, I feel like I... Wasted a you lot of time. Be, yeah. yeah, I wasted a lot of time and energy on people that did not deserve me. Yeah. I, you didn't deserve me. You didn't, definitely didn't deserve my time. Mm-hmm. So can't get that back from you. But I know going forward, what I am mm-hmm. going to do is be very selective about who I give my time and energy to because I'm working on me right now. Yes. And the time I'm giving to you and the energy I'm giving to you, I could be working on Myself. me. Yeah. And Reclaim it. Yes. Reclaim it. I think this is a what she's saying is a good message for, you know, everybody especially just the the larger black community reclaim your time mm-hmm. absolutely because we we spend a lot of time on a lot of things that don't are not are deserving necessary. they're not helping us grow they're hindering us or they're ma- they helping us matter. maintain in a space mm-hmm. i think sometimes we look at you know regression or making things worse sometimes maintaining where we at we're at is not healthy yes mm-hmm. absolutely no i definitely i'm a i'm like i have to be growing. i have to see growth within myself where mm-hmm. I start feeling down about myself. I think that's something that helps me stay on track with my goals. Like I have to be able to like visibly see or feel or the some growth. sort of accomplishment mm-hmm. or I, I get down about myself. So do what does it mean or what does it look like for you ladies to be emotionally and mentally balanced? Like what is, or do you feel like that's even something that's ever possible to obtain? I think it's possible. I think that that includes sometimes me tripping up and outbursting and really being able to loop back and have that conversation. I think what it means is instead of me chasing this idea of what my life should look like, I'm able to embrace where my life is Mm -hmm. and how I feel and feel good about myself and seek the counsel and the help that I need, even if I'm hesitant to do it, to really build the resources in my toolbox and not be silent. Mm -hmm. Those are, and I absolutely think this is something that we can attain. I don't think there's a perfect I think balance, balance is such yeah. a, a powerful world because balance means it could be 60-40, it could be 80-20, it could be 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, But it, it's just a matter of how, you know, sometimes it's going to be up. But mm-hmm. what are we doing to make sure that we're stable? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Right. Uh, sometimes it's not going to be that direct split. What, But what does that balance look like? 
for you and figuring out what that looks like for you you. is important. I'm a Libra, so those scales sometimes (laughs) are a little unbalanced. And when I feel myself becoming unbalanced, I've learned to check myself because my turn up can be real and I don't want to turn up on nobody and I don't want to be that way anymore. So (laughs) Um, just recognizing when I'm off balance and figuring out how to get back on track. Mm -hmm. I think also to have this balance, you need to not have shame. And I think shame is something that, you know, definitely was I was raised with that idea, shame and guilt. Um, I don't think you're always able to work around them, but I, I think really being intentional about taking shame out of it, like the embarrassment thing too. Like we both were talking about how we, you know, had that outburst of just crying and that that release. But what was more so like just uncomfortable was like I just was in there crying while these goddamn people. Like, <laughs> what the hell? They but see really, me like but that. you know, like really being able to to own your experience, really mm-hmm. being able to just try things, and if they don't work. You tried Mm -hmm. and really not saying, you know, disciplining yourself or punishing. I'm sorry, not discipline, but punishing yourself for for trying to be better, even if it doesn't look the way that you thought it would look. Right. Because I think we have to the balance to me is not punishing yourself, uh, but, you know, encouraging yourself and also celebrating your victories, even if they're small. So what are some things that you ladies recommend for anybody who's trying to obtain that mental and emotional balance? Like, what are some things that you do to get you back on track when you feel like, all right, I'm a little off, I'm a little on edge, I need to get back on track? What what do y'all suggest that they do? I spend time with myself. Yes, I was going to say that. I talk to myself like, bitch, you are tripping. (laughs) This is what we need to do. This is we. This This is us. It's one. We is one. We need to do A, B, and C to get your ass back to where you need to be. Like, you have to really check yourself. You have to have those hard conversations with yourself. And like like the Sola said, Sola T said, have those conversations with yourself. Yeah, and I think also, also you know, ask for feedback because y'all know I'll be on my quarterly arrangements. But Oh, man, the spreadsheets <laughs> and the quarterly. Girl, I her think, quarterly check-ins is real. But I, I really do, I really do believe in, you know, I can experience what I experience from myself, but I think that my loved ones can see things that I may not see. So being able to have those conversations and being like, you know, I've been feeling a little off. Have you picked up on something without, and I'll, without expecting them to just bring it up to me. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that there's some sensitivities that they want to allow me to be me, but really being able to touch base and say like, you know, I've been feeling this way. Like, have you seen any different behavior? Like, I'm, you know, what have you done? I am also big on go go find you a therapist. And if the first one ain't work, keep trying. Um, I don't think therapy is necessarily the right solution for everybody, but I think that especially people who don't have those friendships or those uh, companionships in which they feel open to to talk with, I think going to see a therapist right now is one of the best things, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's not that I went to go see this person in crisis, but you know, if you do, that's great. But really I'm able to just talk. And this person doesn't have a a personal context for me. Right. One thing I know that we didn't touch on, I know we're trying to wrap up, but we haven't talked about suicide. And that's pretty much people that cannot find that emotional and stable balance. Like, that's what it leads to. Suicidal thoughts, suicide. And they don't have any, especially in the black community, in the black households, they don't have anybody to talk to about Mm -hmm. that. Because suicide is something that for one is not it's for the weak my mom always told me and in my household period not like i ever had suicidal thoughts but she would always say people who are suicidal are weak 
stuff is always going to be hard. It's always going to be something hard in your life. But for you to give up and not be able to see this past and good things to come, like you couldn't make it through this, that means that you're weak. And I mean, I've never experienced suicidal thoughts, but I do know for somebody who is suicidal to be able to hear something similar to that or to go and talk to their family and be told like you're weak. And if you can't think your way out of this, then that wouldn't make me want to be here anymore. Right. So the only thing that stopped me when I was a kid and I had those thoughts was the fact that I'm scary. I didn't want to see blood. I didn't want to hang like it, it was just I couldn't think of a way like to go to get out of here without it being so dramatic so like like seriously that's the only thing that i'm scary and i didn't want to you know i don't want nobody to find me like that Mm -hmm. so people that don't have those fears like it's 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 real it's a real those are real and i think the way that we think of and it goes again that um you know the way that we think about something is not the way that somebody else experiences life Mm mm-hmm and so I think that's always good to remember and just in general. And I, you know, I, I feel for people um, who have, who deal with that on a daily yeah. basis yeah. because that is a battle. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day that they, they continue to strive to be in a place that is very hard. This mm-hmm. world is not easy for mm-hmm. any of us mm-hmm. to live on mm-hmm. and it does not make you weak in any terms. You know, I, I, I would hope to extend something to help you see, you know, some other options. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a that's a space that is is valid Mm -hmm. and i think we don't think about our words and we don't think about um how our perspective is ours Mm -hmm. and so i've had people you know in the last couple years that i've grown up with that that have committed suicide Mm -hmm. and you know when i think about some of those people it's crazy because like that was a person i was always smiling Mm -hmm. always not you know nothing about them mm-hmm. was weak and and I think there's a difference between weakness and vulnerability mm-hmm. and, it's and a life misconception. and yes it's a misconception and, and life happens so hard mm-hmm. and sometimes Fast. we don't feel that we have these resources and sometimes we damn sure don't mm-hmm. like we we just don't and so I think that with you know that you good conversation if that could just be deeper and if that could be more more open mm-hmm rather than just saying you good from your perspective, but really seeking that understanding and having that dialogue around, you know, I've seen this going on. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what are some things we could try? And I think it's hard as the friend. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard as, you know, the parent, I think it's hard as, as, it's extremely hard as that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that we're all equipped to deal with that. And I think that that's what we need to research is how we can be more equipped. Yeah. What scares me is that it's happening younger and younger, especially like with bullying and everything being so, bad the way it is now with social media and kids experiencing that at a younger age is just like we're talking about it from a point of view as like being an adult and we're having a better sense of ourselves and how we deal with things like that but think of being a child or an elderly person yeah we don't think about we don't talk about that either yeah yeah getting up in age and you've lost everybody for one like i'm talking about how i don't want to go to my friends to talk about (laughs) stuff what if i didn't have any you know like i really lost everybody and i'm older and it's just you don't look at it from a perspective of somebody else, like where they are in their life. And I do think that children now, especially like the high school age, have it very hard because of social media. And I think that bullying is real. I know a lot of black parents will see this. Don't be a punk. Like, you know, black parents Somebody will like, hit you, you hit them back. Right. And hit them first, matter of fact. <laughs> right. And it's, it's hard. Well, I, I think, can see that being yeah, something. I think yeah, all of these true. pieces of the conversation are are real because... There's so many pieces that, you know, it's like we leave this conversation with it being an open conversation. There's no no conclusion to this because it's something that we're all still very much so working on. And we can't 
share what we're doing. And I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we take to Facebook with this conversation so we can really share some, we can get gain some tools in our resource, in our toolbox from one another because there's just, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're all trying to do this yeah. by ourselves and we all right. don't need to do this by ourselves. So I'm taking it day by day. But yeah. I mean, definitely if, if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, just... I talk to God. I, I tell him, Jesus is my friend. We have conversations, writing things down, like Ati was saying. Just put them on paper. If you feel like you don't have anybody in this world to turn to, just, you know, just find some. Yeah, we have hotlines. We, yeah. you know, we'll definitely post some some information, some yeah. resources on our Facebook page. Um, you know, and we're here too. Yeah. You know, message us. Let us know what's going on. We might not be able to meet you in person or anything like that, but I think that there are some ways that we can we can all be engage. better. Mm-hmm. We can engage. We can be better with this as a as a united Absolutely. front. Yeah. Um, and you know we're gonna make some mistakes because this is something we're all learning. Right. But we gonna get there. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Well, you know we always gonna we always gonna leave with some homework. Some homework. So we always Let's got see. some homework for you. <laughs> um. So initially, you know, I think the homework for this episode was to. Find that space or something, you know, try something new. I think a lot of, you know, what's helped me emotionally and mentally is trying things outside of my box. Those things I was like, I ain't never going to do that. <laughs> I ain't never going hiking. I love to hike now. You know, I'm never going golfing. I love to, you know, like, <laughs> those are the things that you, you just have to try. Right. And so, to, you know, go on Facebook events, go on, you know, Groupon, find something that you've never tried before. You may have been curious about and treat yourself. I love a good Groupon. I am a frugal Yep, individual. <laughs> you know, reclaim your time, yes. reclaim your your activities, and and find something to do. I think, as well as have a conversation with somebody. Really take make the space and time to ask them if they're good. You know, think about some questions like we've asked each other today. Yeah. Um, you know, Google is always my resource. If you don't know how to have a conversation, Google it. They'll you have some examples. <laughs> um, and and that's really how we build our toolboxes. Some of us we're not going to just have the context of the right. resources, but. To really, you know, you got two pieces of homework. You got to find something to, to try that's new that can be a, a possible outlet for you. Um, and to have a conversation with somebody. Maybe they at least observe like three people. Some, yeah, you three, pe- three people. You know, check in with them. I know we did that with the Friends episode. But really check in with them and not like, are you good? What's going on in your life? Like, what you been struggling with? Mm-hmm. Here's what I've been struggling with. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think the way we, if we can shape our conversations differently and to really talk about some shit. Mm-hmm. I think it could really be powerful. So Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you for tuning in to Three Queens and Things. Stay tuned for our next episode. Don't forget to head over to our Facebook page. We really want to hear from you guys on this topic. Um, Join the conversation and, um, yeah, like us on Facebook. I'm Ati. I'm Mimi. Sola T. And we're Three Queens and Things. Thank you for listening. Thank Thank you. you.